Love Talk Radio. Hey, peace, everybody. I don't even think I said an intro song to this. But, everybody, welcome back to another round of what we call the Three Wise Men Radio. Uh, with myself, the Sheikh, and the Palm Minister, uh, Minister Jew. But, of course, before we get started, you want to visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. Uh, click on the events tab, man. In fact, the um, spring equinox deadline is coming up next. When is that? Uh, Monday. It's upcoming Monday as far as registration goes. So if you're going to make it happen, you're coming down to New Orleans with us, please let us know and register ASAP because registration deadline, um, which is only $99, which comes off of the total prices this upcoming Monday. All right. Uh, what else we got going on? Of course, visit the Neptune Dream Institute by clicking on Membership tab, something new that's created where we uh, get together in the quantum world dream world and get into dream sharing, so some techniques that we use to bridge our minds um, while we're in the dream state and experience um, a full level of uh, awareness because of something about the brain, um, the active part of the brain, your conscious self, actually goes um, dormant while you are asleep. So the Neptune Dream Institute will awaken those senses and get into what's called lucid dreaming, all right, and um, have some uh, fun and also have tremendous breakthroughs in consciousness. Uh, It's very important. When you start studying uh, Egyptian culture, especially when they start talking about the stars and pyramid shafts and everything, it's talking about how uh, people were able to leave their bodies and travel places, but not necessarily their physical bodies were not going anywhere. Physical body was still in the pyramid or wherever it may be, but the consciousness of the person was able to um, travel at will and, and, and visit and have the experience. And in a dream state, that's what's going on. You're having an experience that you bring back to your physical body, and sometimes you can even have the physical residue left over. Some people can have scratches on them. Um, the most obvious one is if you have a sexual dream, um, you definitely have some type of physical evidence that um, carries over. All right, so the Neptune Dream Institute, um, that actually starts March the 1st, which is a Pisces new moon, all right, uh, which is very interesting. It's going to be the most powerful, one of the most powerful moons of the whole year. Um, this alignment is coming up on March the 1st. All right, and speaking of that, tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day to everybody who gets it in. Tomorrow's a full moon in Leo, so that's going to be off the hook. Um, that's now we know what Valentine's Day is sort of centered around. Um, Valentine's Day clearly in February, obviously the sun is in Aquarius, but the moon itself around that time could be in Leo, which is a full moon represents cosmic balance in the heavens. So now we're talking about Valentine's Day when the moon, your emotional response, how you're feeling 
It's in the sign Leo of love, romance, children, creativity, all that warm, good stuff. So y'all leave Valentine's Day alone. It's, it's in the cosmic rhythm of something, all right? And I'm going to talk about all that in the Jewish ransom on black power, all right? But that's enough. That's all I have. I got the prime ministers on. You know, I know he got something for y'all. Go ahead, Brother Jew. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, hold on, man. Let's see. Peace. What's up to the breeze in the valley? What's up with everybody? Hey, you sound far away. Can you hear me? Now we can. Whatever you did, there okay. it is. Okay. All right. Cool, man. Peace and blessings, man. Greetings. Uh, thank y'all for coming out this evening. Be wise, man. Man, good, good topic tonight. Uh, what I got going on, man? I didn't catch. I know, no, we probably mentioned the, the, the equinox joint, so I ain't gonna repeat that. Um. Man, the Neuron Network, March 5th, uh, in a few weeks coming up, man, that's going to start. Uh, the Neuron Network, man, is a great, great network, man, where you come over and you work on enhancing your cognitive abilities, man. You work on your, your short-term memory and being able to keep it active in the mind. You work on some of your cognitive abilities, um, work on uh, facial recognition, work on... Um, Learning how to be a better planner, uh, be be better organized for 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 what it is that you're trying to prepare for. Um, so it's 16 different um, techniques in, inside of this program where it works on different areas of the brain. You know what I mean? Dealing with the peridial lobes, the prefrontal cortex, all these different regions of the brain. You come over. It was designed by neurologists, and I I track you down. You know what I mean? You get on. Um, we decide, you know, hey, this is the part of the brain that I think I need to work on the most, you know what I mean, based off the symptoms that I'm having, you know what I mean? Do you lack focus? Uh, are you always moody? You know what I mean? All of these things, you know, your behavior is dictated upon um, basically how you perceive this reality, you know what I mean? And then a lot of the events that happened to you when you were younger, uh, growing up, um, even in your teenage years, even in your adult stages, you know what I mean? We have things that shape our psychology, uh, which tend to have us act out a certain behavior pattern. So sometimes, you know, these behavior patterns are not healthy, and it shuts down different regions of the brain, which doesn't allow us to be fully cognizant, fully aware, knowing to, when to respond in, 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 at the proper time, um, and just being overall more responsible, you know what I mean? Uh, it also deals with expanding the gray matter in the brain. Anytime you work on um, the consciousness in your brain and the different areas of your brain, um, research has proven that you can expand the gray matter in the brain, and this is where you become more intelligent. So you've seen the movie Limitless. You know, it's a movie, but what we're doing is over here is we're actually exercising um, the real potential and to actualize something that looks something like that, you know what I mean? So I work on it every day. Noble works on it. Um, it's fun too, man, you know what I mean? You come over and it's really challenging. You really learn that you're really not using your brain at all. You know, a lot of stuff that we're doing is really on autopilot and it's really not exercising anything new. Therefore, you know, whatever you don't use, you lose, you know, and if you didn't even know it was there, that's even worse. So... Um, Neuron Network, man, starting March the 5th. Come on over, man. It's interactive. Uh, got a program where it allows me to tap into your PC or Mac, and you can tap into mine, and we do the screen sharing thing, and you're able to actually 
um, do these techniques from your home or my computer, and I log your score and keep the data, and uh, we just chop it up, man, every week, twice a week, and then you keep your journal, and then we'll talk and all those type of things. So I'm going to update the page on the website, MyAstrologyCoach.com, under the Neuron Network. I'm going to update it, add a few things. Some questions came up from a few people that I want to add the answers to so people can be real clear and um, just ready to get it rolling, man. So uh, with that, man, that's it. Okay, so what it is, Sheikh, what's going on with you? Sound like him. Peace and blessings, brother. How are you this evening? Well, man, you well, man. We good, we good. What you got going on? How you doing, brother, Minister Jew? How you doing? How you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm going to dig good. out. You know, there's a lot of store around here, so got mm-hmm. to try to dig out if we become igloo. Um, I'm doing well. I, everything's good. Um, we had a beautiful event last Sunday. Turnout was magnificent. Uh, I put up pictures, some pictures on the on the Facebook page. Everybody get a chance to go in and take a look at what we did. We had a beautiful, uh, beautiful poet, a student of mine, uh, Brother G. Mill, Gary Miller. Uh, so we had a, an actress named Pam Waters. She came out and she did piece on Harriet Tubman, which was absolutely magnificent. Um, had a young brother, uh, Mr. Proctor, came out and talked about his program, brothers and sisters um, working together for unity in the community. We had a beautiful event, and of course, I served on a quantum suit, inshallah. And uh, we just enjoyed ourselves in fellowship in the spirit of the divine. Uh, sort of without label, so I thank everyone for promoting, helping me promote that event a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it on the, on the show, and we had a great turnout. I really appreciate that. For the, and even those who could not make it, who don't live in the area, you know, your 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 affirmation helped to bring it into fruition. I'm really pleased that that took place. Right now, I'm preparing for the next, next event, and uh, just staying focused. I really don't have a lot to announce tonight. The, uh, the class that I'm giving, the Paolo Ginezzo Rule, is growing. It's really going, growing. It's really doing well. I'm having a lot of people from, from Blog Talk Radio, from this show, um, wanting to be a part of that class. And I, Again, I appreciate you. If anyone wants to get in that class, just let me know on Facebook. We'll get you in the class, and we'll keep it moving. The class is doing very well. It grows weekly. The information is relevant. It is based on ancient principles, but it's relevant for today. In my classes, I'm not attempting to take people into year zero. I'm attempting to use the principles that were developed by ancient four parents and bringing them to modern day that we can all benefit. So that's my piece. That's what I have to announce. And uh, I really appreciate everyone. Love and light. Oh, so I know you got a, we got an hour today. Um, I know you texted me. Who who want to go first here? I go I go first, man. Hey, go sound like Mister Jew said first. <laughs> I go first. Um, I go first, man. You know I I wasn't gonna say my piece not long, but somebody told me not to say that because I'm long winded and I just don't know it. <laughs> Right. But, um, well, interesting subject matter this evening. Um, 
when Noble thought about it a few weeks back, I said, man, that's some controversy, brother. Um, but for me, man, it's, it's simple, man. This is my take on it. Um, you know, we asking well, some of the leaders of some of these prestigious groups and religious followings, were they, were they practicing spiritual practices or was it perverted in its nature dealing with um, what we consider in this society underage uh, females and, and being sexually active with them, engaging them as wives, this type of thing. And um, I, I want to I look at it astrologically, right? Now, they say that the way they used to determine um, when a young man or a young woman was prepared for, for the act of sex, they said they would look to see if a young man had any pubic hairs and if a young woman began her menses or her cycle. This was the way that they were able to dictate, at least in some of the, the, the more ancient um, schools of thought when it comes to sex uh, and, or sexual relations. Now, right off the rip, we know we're dealing with a Scorpio thing because in both cases, we, this, is the, this is the region of the body that we're dealing with. We're dealing with the reproductive organs. Now, this is the, we just, for all traditional methods, this, this, this is the eighth house thing because Scorpio traditionally rules the eighth house, right? Many people had different constellations in their birth chart, but, uh, you know, the eighth house is still the eighth house no matter what constellation you got there. So <clears throat> when, you're dealing with, when you're dealing with that, when you're dealing with sex, as I, as I looked over some of the material today, it talked about how I saw some I saw some startling things. It talked about how in some societies they would they would allow children to marry at the age of two. And then I saw some where it was the age of seven and like more in the modern day terms now I think the number is anywhere between fourteen and sixteen, uh, respectively in a lot of countries and whatnot. Um and I said, wow, two years old? <clears throat> and I said, wow, seven years old? What was the mindset uh, of the people that were creating the, the template for, for, for what they considered acceptable? Now, it's something in astrology called an inconjunct where the two planets are at a, is at a 150-degree angle, which means – it's, it's strenuous because they have nothing in common. The, the gender is not the same in, in any case. The element is not the same in any case. Um, the modality is not the same in any case. It's just completely, I don't have nothing in common with you. An example would be Scorpio, Gemini. Or in this case, let's keep it simple, let's just say Aries, Scorpio. Right? So... <clears throat> When we're looking at the psychology of a, of a subject matter or a person, you have to look at the first house, 
because this is this is this is where the psyche is 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 determined. This is how you'll how you'll how you'll express yourself to the world uh, via your personality. What, what's in your psychic you know your your, your psychic makeup? Now, this is a one to eight is an inconjunct. It has nothing in common. So this means, and obviously, when these people were making these rules, it's either it's either man was actually thinking about the situation, or he was, or he totally disregarded the psychology and simply dealt with the physicality. And at two and seven years old, I couldn't even really see the physicality. You see what I'm saying? So, in essence, what I'm saying is, is that it has to be some type of responsibility psychologically when we're stepping into this arena to understand the connection between having sex, period, right, and in this case with with children in this society, you see. So... If you, if you're, it, uh, this is the example. We look back and we see, we go to Egypt and we see kings like Tut, who was 13, 14 years old and a king. And then we use that as a reference point to say that children can be mature, right, at, at those young ages and be able to run things and be cognitive and cognizant and aware of you know what it what it means to be uh, mentally mature, but I think what we miss is that was a thriving civilization. Who, in my opinion, the mental fabric of that society was way more intact than it, than the one that we live in today because we're dealing with basically modern day people. Uh, and some of the names that Noble put into the the title for the show. So in this society, it is it is it is not. How can I put this? You cannot try to just go the physical route, right? Even though you may know this is from your lineage or from your heritage, and that you did this thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, and that this was a working model and that you had the greatest civilization and many of the greatest civilizations, you can't use that model today because the training and the philosophy and the psychology which has to go into that does not exist in this society. So you can't you can't be sexually active, like I said at the beginning, which is the eighth house, and totally neglect the first, which is the psychology. And I'm of the opinion that it takes quite a while to develop a society where children are being born, and by the age of eight and nine, they're thinking about things today or in or today that adults think about at the age of 30. That takes a long time to reprogram and restructure 
the the mindset of the people who are going to participate in that. You just can't come in and say it was like this then. I'm going to enact it now the same way that it was then, and say this is this is because this was from my culture. But in this society that you live in today, I don't think the young ladies that now are prepared, or the young men either, are prepared to to step into that responsibility because it hasn't it hasn't even been a it, even in those cases it hadn't even been a century where that was practiced on a psychological level before you actually implemented the physical. I think the psychology has to come before the physicality of the act. That way, that way the people are prepared, that's engaging in that, and you can kind of test the water based upon the temperament of the people, how intelligent are the people. Because I don't see nobody building no pyramid today. And they, and they ain't never duplicated that nowhere. So what does that say about the psyche of the people? How could somebody, obviously the civilization was thriving at a level of intelligence that we have not seen today. Because you can't even replica some of the things that were built on a mathematical and, 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 a, and, a, and a geometrical format that was done thousands ago. You see what I'm saying? So to use that model today, I think it takes a lot, a lot more time to ingrain into the psychology and the development and the training of the people where they're not influenced by a lot of the madness that we're influenced by in this society and be able to weed it out to grow young children from that level on up where they are mature at the age of 12 and 13 and be able to do things as adults would do because their brains have been rewired and restructured in a way where when when the creator says, I've, I've, at this age, because you have to ask yourself a question: Is the creator wrong? Can't, that can't be the fact. How could she, how could she come into her her uh, her womanhood at the tender, tender age of twelve, and he be coming into his manhood right around the same time? This can this cannot be a, a mistake by nature. Can't be because nothing else in nature is, is a mistake. So this can't be the mistake. So I'm not saying that twelve and thirteen it cannot be done. But what has to be done is, is the psychology has to be able to match up with the physical overtone. And if that hasn't happened over an extended period of time, then I would have to say, based on the evidence given and what I have seen to answer the question over that you put forth tonight, I would say, yes, they were perverts, but they were trying to strive in the direction of what they had seen before. But I just don't think the application um, I don't think the application was correct in 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 the, in the sense that it was done. In, if that makes sense, man. So that's what I got to say about the subject, man. Hmm. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. Hear you. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. All right, all right, <clears throat> all right. That's interesting. Go ahead, Milana Shake. I know you time limited. You know what, you you all gonna make me extend my time tonight because you know, I had something else planned but I'm gonna I might have to set that back a little bit. You brother you already got me excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
let me ask a question of, of you astrologers really quick before I get into my piece. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So the tenth house, does that reveal why we are incarnated? It would reveal, reveal why or where? Why? Um, all of it does, but I wouldn't. I would not specify it simply with that house. Absolutely not. And but, 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 house. but, but, it can denote your highest purpose in a sense. Okay. Oh, it does denote your highest purpose. That's what I'm saying. Highest, so it's so the highest reason. The question that he asking, I, I think I, that might be more what he's asking. Does it denote your purpose of why you're here? Absolutely. From my uh, understanding of this, everyone is born with a mission already provided. That is true. So everyone has a purpose. <clears throat> Every human being has a purpose. But traditionally, that's not defined by the 10th house, though. That, 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 that okay. specific word, that, that goes into more of a north node placement. But go ahead. Ample? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. And um I'm gonna touch on I'm gonna touch on is it y'all ready? Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna touch on a few points, um, but, but as I listen to brother talk about the houses and as I'm becoming uh, more astute in those areas, um I'm I'm trying to draw uh, my the way my mind works is I, I try to draw comparisons. I look at, from the comedic viewpoint, the comedic tree of life of Al-Zantaru, we look at Seveh, which is hood in the Kabbalah, which separates parts into holes. So right now I'm looking at that and just saying, wow, this so, how this connects so, is so beautiful that there is no reason in this world for division. In reality, there's no reason for us not to be together. We all could just be together very beautifully. But getting right to the point, we're talking about sex with teenagers or children, which is a crime, uh, number one. When we speak of a child, and I'm speaking of what goes on today in this society first, and then we'll deal with then I'll move a little bit towards the ancient practices, and then I'll kind of blend in what I see has gone wrong in this society, and um, by that time, we should wrap this up. Right now, there's a perversion going on in the world, and I sincerely believe that that perversion, as far as children being active sexually, a product of what's been fed to their minds through media, not not just social media, but television, radio, through an energy that's being sent down into society by those who are in power or who seek to be in power. I'm not speaking of 
governments. I'm not speaking of people in office. I'm speaking of people who are operating on a spiritual level on the negative to control society in a particular way. There's a scripture in the Bible that mentions this, and I think I mentioned it before. It says, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a hidden hand that excites the lower nature of the youth. that excites the lower nature of the youth, that causes them to, in very touchy subject, to embark upon uh, this type of lifestyle. If you look, Brother uh, Minister Jew mentioned the, the age of puberty, and if you look at puberty and how puberty comes in, uh, many today, we believe that we should wait until we get marriage is proposed. Um, we should wait it off until we finish school, that um, that sounds reasonable today. So 18 became the target age for matrimony when our, when my, and I'm older than you brothers, but when my great-grandparents were, um, were young, 18 was old. You were a spinster, a spinster they call, if you weren't married by the age of 18. You were, you were like out of, out of line. Um, something was wrong with you if you weren't married by that age. So um, now in this day and age, we want our girls to be educated. We want our children in general to be educated. So because college education is so important, marriage had to be postponed until graduation. So around 22 years of age was the, was the prime age for um, people to start getting married. But now no bright girl should simply, um, this, is the, this is the ideology of this society, no bright girl should to waste a good education. So now we're going to push that back a little bit more. Education, after the education, now you need a career. So after your career, now you want to uh, 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 um, wait and put marriage off until you're almost 30 years old. So you, 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 and now all this 30 years, you've been, you've been fornicating. You've been copulating with people. You've been making connections with people, physical connections, spiritual connections. There's cords connected to all kinds of individuals in your life, and now here it is. You're looking to be in holy, forgive the word, because it's not holy matrimony at 30 years old with all of these experiences. That's an impossibility in the world where we have a duality that is sincerely present. Minister Jew had it right. We have, in order to live our lives spiritually, we have to actually build a civilization, and that's something that we don't have. Right now we have a society, which is a group of people gathered for a common cause, but are they civilized? This is a civilization. I beg to differ. I don't believe that it is a civilization in this, um, in this time frame. Now, as we have already stated, this this age called teenage is really artificial in ancient terms. There was no such thing. When a person's pubic hairs appeared, they were considered an adult, and they were began, began to be considered for marriage and, and, and the like, to have a family if you was a man, to have children if you were a female. In 
marriage, not in fornication, not in, in some um in some um what I would call illegal sexual activity outside of the bond of matrimony, outside of the bond of using the proper words and family ties to connect it to. So therefore, today so therefore today we have to um, consider all these things when we have this form or this type of form, this type of topic. Hope I don't sound it's just a lot of information coming from my head right now and I want to be certain to say it properly. I don't want to make an error and get uh, misquoted, especially on a subject such as this that is so so really touchy. So I remember a few years back there was a song out called Babies Having Babies and it's teenage pregnancy in society. And part of the question tonight, um, lay reverence on the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, as we say in Arabic, wasallam, and upon the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, um, peace be upon him as well. Saying that he had said that Elijah Muhammad had teenage wives, or Malcolm X said that he got his teenage secretaries pregnant. So that's a huge topic, and we, uh, at the time when I was ministering in the Nation of Islam, there's a study guide Minister Farrakhan did called Study Guide Number 18, which talks on rising above emotion into the thinking of God, and it deals with the domestic life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Now, if anyone who's listening has that study guide or you have access, it may be on the NOI website, you can go and read that study guide and get a comprehensive knowledge of Elijah Muhammad's domestic life based on uh, Minister Farrakhan's writings. So that may be helpful to you. But tonight I'd rather deal with Prophet Muhammad because it's more um, prolific in terms of written um, information. Um, there's not a whole lot of facts um, other than Malcolm X saying that he had sex with his teenage secretaries. Teenage secretaries could mean a woman that's 18 years old. It could mean a woman that's 19 years old. So we can't say that it meant that it was someone that was underage because I don't have any proof that it was anyone underage. We know that she could have been 18 or 19 years old, but I do know that the offspring, his ideology, his ideology, his methodology was to produce a future. He based his doctrine on Bible and on the Quran somewhat, and so he wanted to produce offspring to be his successor to what he was building at that time frame. And even today, you look at the NOI, you see in leadership the children and grandchildren of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the assistant minister of Mas Maryam, Minister Ishmael Muhammad, is the son of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad from one of the wives of Muhammad who was considered at that time a teenage secretary. And we call her today Mother Tanetta Muhammad. The National Secretary of the Nation of Islam was headed by Brother Komal Muhammad, another wife of Elijah Muhammad. Right today, the imam of that same mosque or, or, or masjid is the grandson of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So we look at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's relationships. We look at how he conducted his affairs. He kept his private life private, and his public life didn't show forth for itself. You can read about that in the history books. 
But as far as these women being underage, I have no knowledge of that. I only know that Malcolm said they were teenaged, and whatever that means, uh, I don't know. But here we say um, the Prophet Muhammad. Now, we can, there's clear um, conversation concerning Muhammad the Prophet of 1,400 years ago, son of Abdullah, son of Amina, had married a nine-year-old girl. This is what we heard here. And I'm here to tell you tonight that that's a lie. That is a lie spread about this man, this prophet, this holy man that has been repeated constantly, and it needs to be rectified. And so maybe I'll take a few minutes to deal with that tonight. And um, when we move to the questions and answers, maybe you can um, ask me a question on the topic, and hopefully I can answer it. But this is one of the biggest lies spread about, about Muhammad the prophet uh, and Islam, um, that he married a nine-year-old girl. And some would even go as far as say, Astaghfirullah, Allah forgive us, God forgive us, that she was six years old. This is perversion. This is a sickness of men who want to justify their evil acts and write what they want to do and put it on someone that is respectable and then act on what their uh, desires are by hiding, shielding under a respectable man, shielding their dirty practices, their dirty religion under a respectable human being. Now, how old was his wife? Her name was Aisha, this particular one, when she married Muhammad the Prophet, peace be upon him, the Quran was written during the time of Muhammad. It's 100% was written down before Muhammad passed away, peace be upon him. So in, um, it mentions that Aisha, the Prophet, married her one year after what is called Hedra. This is a known fact. He married her one year after the Hedra. Hedra is the flight from Mecca to Medina, when, the, um, when Muhammad was about to enter war, or he was in war, they moved from Mecca to Medina. So this is called Hedra. According to one of the writers of Hadith, Fahi Bukhari, um, uh, Aisha is reported to have said that she was a young girl, that she was a young girl. We find the same terminology in the Bible when we speak of Abraham marrying um, Hagar, that she was a maiden, a young girl. There are different words when we refer to, in, in the Semitic languages, when we refer to a young girl, in, in Arabic, we say, Ya Anissa, Anissa, means a young girl, a young girl. If I was going to speak of an older woman, I would say, Ya Madam, I would speak, Ya, ya Madam, I'm trying to be old. Older lady, an older lady, I'm trying to reach out to an older person. So the languages are so precise that it lets us know within the structure of the language who we're reaching to, who we're speaking to. It doesn't say woman or female. It's telling you the age of the female right in the words. So it says that Muhammad married Aisha one year after the Hajjah, and she was a young girl. Nine years before she was a young girl. She had said that she was a, nine, a young girl nine years before the Hedra. Nine years before the flight, she had stated she was a 
a young girl of about seven years old at that time. So nine years later, one year later, will make the girl around 17 or 18 years old. She was around 17 or 18 years old. She was not a child. And I just have to put that to rest because this is the lie that continues to get perpetuated, and it's really sad because it's really the desire of those who, who want to do evil acts of their own mind with children. Now, hurting a child, in my opinion, or having sex with a child as an adult is the most heinous thing that I could ever think of. I, the only thing worse than that is rape, in my opinion. Anyone who wants to lay with a child sick and they are in desperate need of being relieved of life, in my humble opinion. As far as young children being copulating with each other and having sex with each other, this is counterproductive. And we as parents, parents, mother and father, mother and father, today, you got to talk to your children. You can't live in a vacuum. You can't teach your child like you can't say sex to them. You can't communicate to them about sex. You can't talk to them about sex. That's ridiculous. This is crazy in this society. You have to be able to sit down with your children and say, okay, you're watching television. You're listening to the radio. Every song that's coming on, there's some buffing and grinding coming on the radio. There's something on television about sexual activity. Your children are watching a show. <laughs> My daughter caught her watching a show called Pretty Little Liars about pretty girls who lie. The whole show. The whole show. <laughs> what are they lying about? God knows what they're lying about. But my point is, that's the name of the entire show, Pretty Little Liars. So there's programming going on. You know, there's, there's other things going on behind the scene in the language, in the score, or the music of the show that's, causing your child to function or think, uh, and think a certain way. Now they're thinking about things that they wouldn't normally think of. Not on a continuous basis, then when puberty hits, my God, you know what happens when puberty hits. The emotions wake up. The, the low desire wakes up. Everybody, it's like springtime. Everything wants to copulate. So you as a parent have to be there to govern that energy. Since biology has, to, has maintained functioning uh, from, from the ancient perspective, but our minds have expanded, the neocortex has expanded, and we live in a modern time. So in ancient days, when the biology kicked in, the woman got her menses, the man had pubic hair. Look, it was time to marry them off and, and get them in a situation where they did not sin, where they did not sin. And that has multiple meanings that I won't touch on right now. But we had to... Prepare them. Every man in the ancient days was, was, was charged with preparing his son for marriage. When a Jewish boy leaves a Jewish boy, for example, he gets a misfit at 13 years old. They cut away the foreskin to prepare him for sex, to prepare him for marriage, to prepare him for he's given money. That in the traditional time, that was for his family. That wasn't for him to go and waste on college. But today, it's not like that. The woman was being trained. She was being taught how to rear her children, how to take care of family as a young girl, not as a grown woman, 30 years old. That's an old maid in ancient days. In 
was being prepared by the age of 13 to head a family, to take care of the children, to take care, to prepare meals, to care for her husband. Now, that type of biology is still going on within us. Biologically, there's very little change from that time to this time, but psychologically, things have changed. So now what has to be incorporated is when the desire, when the biology kicks in at 12 or 13 years old, and now we have two adults that we're calling teenage, but adults who are ready to engage in sexual activity, who are ready to head off on the family. Uh, you just not talk to your children. How many times have they met someone, they want to run away with them, they want to build a family with them? They're 12 and 13 years old. Why? Because it's in their genetic makeup to begin life, to have a zoge, to have a life partner at that age. We in this society hold that off. But we don't hold it off correctly, and so this is why we have teenage pregnancies. This is why the abortion rate is out of control in America. This is why families are being broken apart, because we have a crazed sex appetite that's not being controlled properly. This society uses the death principle, which is very close to the sex principle, to pull people in and control them. It's about the dollar. It's about the dollar. So as a man today, having a father and, and having young children, I have a 12-year-old son, I have um, teenage daughters, and I, I talk to them. I mean, I don't sit down and I, say, I don't say perverse things to them, but I choose the right time to ask, to ask questions. I let them know that I'm thinking about this. I give them little hints here and there. I use conversation to drop seeds in their minds, that they know how Father thinks, how Father is looking at them, how Father is paying attention to them. They might not know. They, they think I'm corny, but I know how the mind operates, so I drop the seed to help them as best I can. It's very important. It's very, very extremely important that we begin to work with our children. It's important that you, as parents, begin to communicate more clearly with the entertainment industry. We, in this society, we don't write enough letters. you got an artist that you love. I'm not going to say any artist's name, but we got artists that we love that are producing nothing but pure filth. Now, rather than stop our children from listening to the music, because the moment you tell someone to stop doing something, that increases the desire to do it. So stopping them from doing it may not, may not happen. But why not get together, write a letter. Listen, so-and-so artist, if you would stop, please, writing music this way. If you could stop, write the record label. Would you stop this because it's poisoning our children? And if then if the letter-writing campaign doesn't stop, then we stop listening to that stuff. we got to begin from day one keeping our, keeping our children away from that which harms them. We're planting seeds that are going to grow in life, and you're going to have situations in their lives that's just going to give them so much trouble, so much confusion because of what they're listening to, because of the foods they're eating, because of what they're seeing with, them, with their eyes that is visual, that is being perceived by the brain as being real. There's so much work that we have to do as parents to really curb this behavior. So back again, number one, 
We have to educate our children. We have to talk to our children. If we want to stop this sexual activity going on in the community, going on in our household, we have to stop it. When pedophiles and whatnot come up into our community, we have to be vocal and say, listen, we don't want these kind of people in our community. You know, go live somewhere else. We have to be in communication to know who's moving in our community because you don't want that kind of activity. And then you've got to watch. You've got to watch your neighbors. You've got to watch teachers. You've got to watch everybody to understand who would be interested in manipulating your child sexually. You've got to stop that. You've got to listen to what people say to your children because these kind of words um, infiltrate their mind, and now we have a situation where your child is damaged sexually for life. You go back and look at this entertainer, um, this gospel singer, actually, um, uh, what is his name? The little guy. He's not a, even a singer. He's more like a hype person. Uh, Kirk Franklin. And all the sexual trials he's had and the things that he talked about that he went through and issues with dirty magazines and whatnot, uh, with porn, with pornographic material. We have to be watching our children. Be sure they're not looking at pornographic material. We've got to be watching um, their Internet, the browser, checking the history on our computers to be ensured that we're keeping this away from them. And if they happen to get into it, you've got to be willing to step up and talk to them about it. Moms, you can't be going off cussing and screaming at them, you know, asking them what the hell are they doing and why are you doing this and just yelling and screaming. The moment we begin yelling and raising our voice at a child, you send that child into a mode to fight or flight because you're frightening them. So they go into a mode, and most children don't want to rise up and fight their parents so they away hide within themselves. And so now the very information that you really needed, they're never going to tell you because they fear the, 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 the lash. They fear the belt. They fear the mouth. They fear all of this. So you never get what you really need. You have to learn how to control your emotion as a mother and even as a father so that you can hear what the child is saying and what the child wants to communicate with you. And sometimes the child just wants to communicate. It's not necessarily a child wants to do anything that's that, that's disapproving to the parent, but it just wants to communicate. This is something we have to uh, reinstitute into our families. I think we have to reinstitute family pride into our families. You look at the Japanese culture, for example, and how much pride a child has in the family, and the child doesn't want to do anything to hurt the family, nothing. So it's very important that we learn and teach, learn ourselves, number one, but also teach our children that the family is sacred, and everything that goes on within the family needs to be to hold the family. The family name has to be strong, you know. This is something we have to talk to our children about. This is something we have to live our lives. We cannot be living our lives for ourselves as parents. We have to live our lives. Well, once you have children, your life is for them. Every example has to be laid. It's not just the, the, the sex example but also the financial example, also the business example. How do you handle that? How do you teach your child how to do different things in society? You're going to let a child go out to the community. They don't know how to go food shopping. They don't know how to do laundry. They don't know how to pay bills. They don't know how to get car insurance or life insurance or, you know, whatever. Whatever you need in your life, the things that you need in your day-to-day life, if your child walks out to the world and doesn't know how to do those things, then your family suffers because now the child has to start over. When you had you educated them, the child would have known that and could have moved on from that point. But no, now time is lost because we didn't do our job. This also reads back into the sexual activity. 
the sexual activity is a huge segment because there's so much filtering into this. There's so much filtering into this. How uh, I'm going to say this from a hypnosis point of view. Any, the primary caregiver of a child from age one to five, this is, very, this is very interesting, the primary caregiver of a child from one to five, whoever that parent is, whoever that person is, the child takes on that person's sexual um, behavior. Whether the person was sexually in front of them or not, subconsciously, the child is being trained sexually by that person, and that child is on that person's sexual behavior. Now, you think about your sexual behavior. You think about your sexual thoughts. You think about everything you did while you had that child from one to five, from zero to five years old. And now you can blame yourself for how your child responds sexually because this is what was going on in your life. So we have to be totally re-educated. The things are going on on a conscious level, but even deeper things are going on on a subconscious level. 88% of our minds is unconscious. It's subconscious. We have to really wake up now and stop playing games. High time is over. We want to save our children. It begins with us. We have to provide more things for them to do. We have to provide more education for them, and we have to be open to discuss these things. And we have to let them know, listen, I know your hormones are jumping around. Teach them meditation. Teach them how to control that. Teach them what to do when they are ready to have sex. That's important as well. And I know it sounds weird, but I don't want my son or my daughters getting married and not knowing what to do. We have made it dirty. Sex is dirty in this society because we human beings, adults, made it dirty. Because you want to do something dirty and freakish and outside of the norm of what human beings should be doing, you made the thought dirty to you. Now, because it's dirty to you, you don't want to share sexual information on, to your children. But what kind of blessing would it be if, uh, if I say Ampu's son uh, grew up and learned all the wisdom that he learned from Ampu, and he grew up and he learned certain uh, principles of sexuality while I taught my daughter the same, and then we brought them together in a, in a, in a matrimonial um, unity, not, not forced them to get married, not saying that. Well, let's say if they just fell in love with each other. Now you have two human beings who are spiritually inclined and also know what the purpose of their body is. Now we have a union that can work. Over 54% of first marriages are failing. And part of the big problem is sex life. It diminishes after the first three years. That's one of the biggest problems. 74% of second marriages fail. 74%. <clears throat> so we have a lot of work to do. And it's not going to start um, haphazardly, and it's not going to get done through osmosis. we got to get to work, and we got to get to work now. We're behind time. So thank you. That's my piece tonight, and I pray that it was beneficial to you. Brother, I'm fool. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. I had I had a question for you, Shay. Um, yes. Um, cause I'm 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 up next, literally, far as having having a daughter, and you have two daughters. Um, which is mm-hmm. is is weird to me because last time I saw you and your family, they're probably like six, seven years old, and now one's already graduated high school, right? And college, and right? They're they're. They're at that age where 18, 
16 where I guess maybe boyfriends are coming around or some way, shape, or form. How did Milana Shake educate his daughters? What are some real, if you can share, real conversation that you share? Um, and also, in a sense, um, how do you handle little boys, the phone calls, or when it's appropriate for them to actually come over and visit? How did you make that transition? Making me get a little sweaty, brother. Hold on, let me get myself together. Ah. <laughs> uh. Let me take the let me take the first question first. Um, as far as my daughter's concerned, um, I still have a daughter home with me. She's 17 years old, and um, mm-hmm. she's here. And no boys come here to visit her. And it's not that I have not said that I haven't said that a boy couldn't come over and and talk with her. And she has been to the movies uh, once or twice with uh with boys. Um, but I require, number one, that when a boy wants to see my daughter, he has to come and meet me first. That's number one. Mm-hmm. My daughter said, Dad, can I go out to the movies? I said, with who? She'll say someone's name. I said, well, I haven't met him. And she said, well, Dad, we're just friends. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about the just friends, but I have to meet him. You know, And in my mind, I have to read him. I have to know what I'm dealing yeah. with. Because mm-hmm. any encounter could be a life encounter. Any encounter could turn into a life situation. So when a young man comes to the house, I look at not only his demeanor, because a boy coming to your house is going to, number one, he's going to put on his best. He's going to put up his best front. He's going to talk real nice. How you doing? He's going to say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. He knows, he knows uh, my culture, so he might come in, know to take his shoes off, take his hat off, and be very respectful. What you want to look for is what he's not telling you. You know, and this is where conversation comes in. A lot of young brothers today, or, or older men too, think they got to be friends with their daughter's male friends, and they want to talk about football and basketball and this, that, and the third, and, and be friends with them, and thinking that by being friends with them, that they'll get information from them. That's not going to happen. This person is never going to tell you that his intention is to sleep with your daughter. However, right. you know what your intention was when you were that age, so you already know what his intention is. Right. Don't fool yourself. His hormones are popping. He wants to be with her physically. You have to let him know that you don't feel that that's appropriate. And you have to say mm-hmm. it in a dignified manner. But you have to first get to know him, get to know about his family. When a young man comes over, I ask him, brother, when my oldest daughter was home and she had one or two boys to come to the house, I would sit down in the living room with the young man. How you doing? What's your name? Who's your father? That's the first mm-hmm. question. Who's Not who's your mother, who's your father? Because a right. lot of brothers say, I don't know my father. My father was in prison. I, don't, I haven't met him but a few times out in my life. That tells you, well, who was the male role model in your life? You know, some guys would say my uncle or my grandfather or somebody. Someone would say, I didn't really have a man in my life. That tells you there's going to be some awkwardness between a, a girl that grew up with a man in her life and a boy who grew up without a man in her life. So my, my daughters are very strong-willed, very strong-willed, but I've always been here. So they know how to respond to a man on a daily basis, and they know what a man is supposed to do because, inshallah, I've been doing that. So they look, I looked at my oldest daughter, and I watched her relationship. I watched how 
she made friends with people. And, man, she's really, she's really tough. She's really tough. And if you show weakness to her, you're done. You're done. I've noticed that with her. You have to be real. And you have to know if a situation comes up, you can't be pouting and whining. You've got to make it happen because that's who she is. She's going to make it happen. She's seen daddy and mommy go out there and survive and make it happen, and she will accept nothing less but the very best. Now, my second daughter is not exactly like her. Her, her method is a little bit different. Not, diff- not bad, but just different. But it, at the mm-hmm. least, she don't play. She don't play. She's mm-hmm. very. She's got a very soft heart, and is easily to be hurt. So I'm very I'm more protective in that case. Because she she needs. I feel as though she needs more protective, more protection. So a young man came over for her birthday, and she was liking this young man, and um, he came over, and I, I sat down with him. I had a conversation with him. He was very shy. And, you know, he had his brush, and he kept brushing his hair. He's very nervous, didn't want to talk, didn't want to make eye contact. So I knew right away that this guy wanted to hide something. So I talked to my daughter, let me talk to you for a minute before you leave. So we go in another room, and I said, this guy is a little shady, baby. And my children know me, and they know I watch people care, and they trust me because they know how dad is. Listen, I'm telling you, this guy's shady. Why are you saying it, dad? What, what do you do? And I'll tell him. This is why, this is why, this is why. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Be careful. You know? So this is the purpose of a father. In, in the history, you look at when Musa wanted to marry Shawade's daughter. He had to sit, Moses, when I say Musa, I mean Moses, those who don't know in Arabic, Musa. Um, he had to sit under Shawade's tutelage, I believe, for nine or ten years before he could marry the Sheikh's daughter. He had to learn from him first before he could marry his daughter. Today, we give our daughters off to almost anybody. You know, we can't do that. So if someone in the community, if you're educating your daughter or your son, and your son as well, my son, he's not old enough to, to, to date your daughter. I don't even like that word, but to, to have female company. But when he does, I've been teaching him. He's been with me. And I teach him small things here and there, here and there, here and there. Look out for cleanliness. In a woman, brother. Don't just look at how pretty she is. Look how she carries herself. Watch how she walks. Watch how she's talks. Watch if she's sassy. Watch everything about her and to see if that is compatible with you. And when you're ready to make that decision to look for a wife, you'll know what you're looking for. So that's that's part of the method that that, that I've utilized in my in my life as far as uh, governing growth of my children. Because that is the primary purpose of a parent, is to govern the growth of the child. You can't control every outcome, but you can give them all that you can give. My daughter right now, my oldest daughter in college, she'll Skype me or FaceTime me, and we'll be on the computer, and she'll and I'll look at her face. I'll say, what's going on, baby? And she says, oh, Dad, and she'll just let it all out, whatever it is. I'll mm-hmm. call her. She says, I've been waiting for you to call me, Dad, because I want to talk about this, that, and the other. And there are certain things, you know, no slight on my, on my, on my spouse, but there are certain things. And my girls will share with me that they won't share with mom because of my approach. You see, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't approach them like we're best friends. We're not going to go to the mall shopping together. And be, I mean, we do go shopping together. But my point is I'm not hanging out with them as a friend. I'm still your father. But a father mm-hmm. is a person who furthers you and is someone that you can trust. 
If you've broken trust with your daughter, it's very hard to get that back. You have to have trust. You mm-hmm. have to have trust. And you have to, and that trust comes from, number one, how you treat mom. Because they watching how you treat mom, they're learning how a woman should be treated. Whether you treat them right or wrong, they're learning how, what they should accept. A person, I think Maya Angelou said this, a person learns how to treat you by what you allow them to do to you. And when a child is watching that, a child is learning how to be treated by how you treat the spouse, how we treat each other, how we talk to each other. Even if it's an argument, it has to be done in a particular way. You try to shield that from the child, but they're going to hear things, and it can't be such a way that the woman is debased, that the man is debased, and then the child has no hope because they think that's how everyone is. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that was helpful. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Let me ask you this, too, um, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'll let you go. I can interview all, you all day. Um, when, because you, you just said um, your, your son is not old enough. In the Muhammad household, what is the appropriate age for company to come over? And I'll ask you a second. 16. I have to ask you that. 15? The appropriate, 16 in my household. 16. 16. That's, and that's, that's okay. a choice that, that my spouse and I made. Um, uh-huh. that 16 years old was appropriate. Now, I believe that, and, and I've instituted this in the Sanctuary Academy, um, that we have a program similar to Bar Mitzvah that we begin to change the child. We do a rites of passage at 13. Uh, we do a rites uh, mm-hmm. for, for our children. However, mm-hmm. as far as company coming over, some, some Muslim ideology is that a, woman, a child shouldn't date or a child shouldn't, be involved with a man, it should be go straight from daddy to, to marriage. Now, personally, I find issue with that because, first of all, that's not in the Quran. But just socially speaking, it doesn't build character in the child to know how to function in a relationship if they're not interacting at all. So it has to be some form of interaction. And I believe 16 years old, it, it's comfortable for me for a boy to come over here and sit in my house and talk with my daughter. Now, I've, I've had boys to come over and sit with my daughter, and I walk out the room, I come back, he's slouching over, leaning over, and I tell him, oh, you got to sit up, man. No, 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 we don't do that here. You know, I had some boy, <laughs> one little boy used to come over, he had his hat on, you know, he put it on in the house, tilt it. Listen, young man, we don't do that here. You come to my house, you sit up on the chair, you want to sit on the chair with my daughter, that's fine, but there should be some space between you. And you can't be leaning and put your arm around and all that in here. That's disrespectful. Or maybe he didn't know that was disrespectful. But then, you know, one night he missed a ride. He didn't have a ride home. I put him in my car and I drove him home. And we had conversations. So we built rapport that way. So it's not that I try to be so rough that I, that, that I, I scare him away, but at the same time i got to let him know that I'm going to protect her regardless to whom or what. Regardless mm-hmm. to whom or what, I'm going to protect my children. And that's not just from physical harm, but it's also from emotional harm and emotional abuse. And we have to really, really put that out there. And I say to all the fathers who are listening, and I know how a soft spot is with our daughters, but we also got to have that with our sons because there's some treacherous brothers out here. There's some treacherous women out here too, treacherous, that are looking for a good man to mess over, that's been hurt and damaged. Now, does she have hope? Yes. And I pray to Almighty God Allah that she gets the help that she needs to get some to get a life together. 
but I don't want to hurt my in the process. Right. No? I tell a little story. And I'm, I might get some backflack with this, but I tell a little story real quick. One day, my son and I pulled up in the gas station, and I drive an SUV. It's sitting up pretty high. And uh, this car pulled up beside us, and the young lady was in it. Was, she was kind of cute. <laughs> so my son, I caught him looking at her. I mean, he's about he's about 11 years old. There. I caught him looking at the, the young lady. I said, I, look, I caught his eye, and I said, uh, ah, man, think she's cute? Please so blush a little bit. Laugh. I said, yeah. I said, come here, let me show you something. Come on, daddy's side. Lean over my side. I said, look in her car. He said, ew, dirty. I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her car is that dirty. Her house is that dirty. <laughs> See, you got to see the blessings like that, brother. Everything that good is in gold. <laughs> so he has to learn that. He has to learn. And you and I can't do it if we ain't there, brother. So that little grind in the street you're doing, trying to get money, okay, we got to find a better way. We got to find a better way because that can take us from our family. And when we get taken from our family, we ain't there to protect them to do what we need to do. I know you're trying to do what you got to do to take care of them, but we got to find a better way. You know, I remember one time I was on hard, hard luck, man. I bought a lawnmower and a blower. I had a great summer. <laughs> but I made that money to take care of my family, and I'm still free. I've never been to jail. I'm not going by the grace of Allah. I got to do what I got to do, and I got to do it legally to stay free. That's right. That's right. My final question, man, and I'll let you go. I have it based off a of template. So I'm gonna say, listen, now you got me there, brother. I'm gonna stay in listen. Oh, okay, okay. Um, um, based off the template that I see in the in the tree of life, um, from from the Hebrew aspect of it, um, I've always made the statement just based off physical experience and my interpretation, based off my perception of how I see the reality uh, of the tree that the father-daughter relationship, um, I, I, I just I say it like this, that a man cannot know what true love is until he has had a daughter. Of course, he actively participates in his daughter's life um, because pretty much his daughter is the only woman who gets a piece of his love that probably for the most part, he has never been with another woman, and truly, he's never probably been in another woman's life where it wasn't sexual, but he genuinely loved her. I think it's something about the daughter that pulls something out of a man that's rare. Um, obviously, he's going from the backwoods of West Virginia. Um, you having children, um, you got the what I call the, the it's, it's interesting, I remember I was walking down the street with my wife and my children, and um, uh, Mason, Brother Mason said to me, he was like, Brother, you got the royal family because it was my oh, wife, yeah. my son, and my daughter. So it was, I can only repeat that. If I had, if my other sons was around, I was just only repeating the process, you know. And I understood right, he was right, saying, right. and like I said, in the Tetragrammaton, Yahi Wahi is, is, is the same thing, father, mother, son, daughter type thing. Um, what do you feel about that statement? Um, you don't, a man cannot know what true love is unless he has had a daughter. I think that's a powerful statement. That's a, that, that is, of course, that is a real, that's real, that's real. But that first love relationship is with his own mother. You know, that's another mm -hmm. relationship that where there's no sexual contact involved. 
or at least shouldn't be any sexual contact involved. In this society, sometimes ugly things happen, and I pray to God that anybody who suffered anything like that, any type of abuse from a parent, that you would get some help. Even if you think you're over it, you're not. Get some help, talk to somebody, and get past that so you can really move on and be free in your life. Because I see it every day. And then I, I could tell horror stories. However, I think the relationship with the mother, with your mother, is very key. How you love her, how she loved you, is the programming. And generally, in a lot of our cases, that's the first five years right there is with mother, in most cases. So we're taking on her behaviors, and her, her subcon- our subconscious mind is taking on her conscious behaviors that she do in front of you. So we are learning love. We are learning how to treat each other. We are learning um, what caring looks like. But when we have our own daughter, now, like you said, brother, it, there's, you can't even describe that because that's some that's, that's holy person to you. That's a woman who has been untouched, and you know it. There's no doubt in your mind. Oh, well, you can meet a woman and she tells you that she's been untouched, but you don't know that. When you are with your daughter, you know that is a pure vessel. And there's something genetic and something innate in us, that something intuitive in the human being that says that virtue has to be protected by you as the, as the man that's governing over that life. So that bond between you and her is intense. If she looks to you to make sure that she is safe, how many times have you seen in films where a girl got hurt and she said, I call for you, Daddy? You know, the, the mm-hmm. one movie stands out in my mind is one with Samuel Jackson where these, uh, these racist people raped a little girl and beat her up really bad and Samuel Jackson killed them in the courtroom. And um, she said that she had called for her daddy. And, you know, that, that really hurts when, when you have no protection. You can imagine being out here in the world as a young girl and having no one protect you. Right now my daughter's in Atlanta, but she knows that daddy's only a phone call away. She knows that I'm only a flight away. She knows that I will get in my car and drive to Georgia at a moment's notice if I have to. Anything Mm -hmm. that she needs, she knows her father's going to be here. And she knows if I don't have what she needs, that I will find it some kind of way. And that's the security a woman needs. But then again, when that woman is married, when I when I give her away to a man, I got to be sure that that man gonna provide the same thing for her. I'm the barometer by which she measures relationship. So when she's looking for a man, she's got to look for a man that says, "Listen, baby, I'm gonna be there for you. I don't care what go down. I'm gonna be there." I know that sounds like a song, but yeah, I'm gonna be there regardless. Right. No, and if you get in a relationship and it don't work out, daddy's still going to be here. So wherever I'm, wherever I am on the earth, my children have a home. And that's important how men, brothers, we got we got to think like this. We have to think like this. We talk about sexuality now. That's, a, that's something you got to protect in them. Because you know this environment. Come on, man. You know you've been out here. You know what's going on. And you had a pimp on last week. You know what's going on. <laughs> I didn't have a pimp on. Still didn't have a pimp on this show. <laughs> but I could be late. <laughs> Yo, you got to listen to the show. You know what's going on. You had a pimp and a prostitute Yo. on. 
Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole yeah. conversation. Straight up loud. Yeah, I've whole Mr. Big shout out to the hoes. Big shout out. Uh, <laughs> I've had conversations with prostitutes in the in the, in, yeah. in the correction facilities, man, and just to think about what they've gone. Through. I had a conversation with one a couple of days ago. Just to think about what they've gone through and the abuse they suffered. And it all, brother, I'm telling you, 90, 90, I say 96% of the time yes. it started yes. from home. It yes. started oftentimes with their own father touching them, sneaking in the room, putting their hands on their daughter, man. What kind of man does that? What the hell is wrong with you, man? Supposed to kill him. Man, come on, man. Man, there's something wrong, but there's one thing I learned in Nation Elijah Muhammad said, if you ever hit a woman, we're going to make you know what a man's fist feel like. See, and that's something that stuck with me because if you hurt these girls and women, man, how can you, the manager, Nation <laughs> Elijah Muhammad never let us hold. He told the men, don't hold your daughters in your lap. He didn't let us do that. Because he didn't, because he knew what he was, the sick minds he was dealing with. So he generalized it for everybody. Don't do that. But things like that took place, man. I don't understand. I've met women, man, and and you have been dating women. Why certain characteristics, certain ways a woman don't want to be touched, certain things she don't want to be brushed up against a certain way or kissed a certain way, or it's because someone violated her. And if the woman you with right now, you went and sat down and really had a conversation with her, and really, and you, if if she felt like you could really handle the weight of what's on her mind, she'd let you know. But some of you can't handle the weight. Some of you can't handle what's on her mind. So you have to condition yourself to prepare yourself. I don't care how old you are. Now is the time to prepare yourself to deal with that woman's mind because we have to break the cycle, man, of feeling like just because this woman ain't all that we want that we're going to move on to the next one and you know starting over in a relationship. That's, that's dead, man. You've got to lay down some roots somewhere and build a relationship. It's not something that just happens haphazardly. It takes work. You have to build it. You're talking about nobody's building pyramids. It's true. But the real pyramid is your relationship. Build that in, in a triangle so nothing can break it. It's the strongest structure on earth. You have to build your relationship. It's two triangles in the Star of David. One pointing up and one pointing down. We have an upper nature that we have to evolve, but we have a lower nature that we have to evolve as well. So, I know, and this was supposed to be about sex, but this, this is such a deep conversation, brother. We always have the deep conversations, but it's beyond just sex. Right. Physical act of sex, because there's a mental act there too. And the true wellspring of a woman can't even open up if her mind is not prepared, if she's been hurt mentally. You can't really get mm-hmm. to the reality of her, and we miss out. So this is, goes back to our daughters. Like Brother said, you touching a little somebody's child, man, you got to, we got to, you know, come on, man, you got to be taken off this, and you can't stay here. Mm-hmm. This third rock from the sun, we got to rest you in the earth. There has to be some laws that, that put in place that ends this. But right now, sexual predators are getting short sentences. They coming home faster than somebody was selling crack. Brother selling drugs, he getting a lot of brother selling weed getting more time 
than someone selling, uh, than someone hurting a child, man. And then they're protected in the prison. They got, they're segregated. They got their own area. Then when they come home, you can't mention nothing they did. Come on, man, they're protected by this society. It's sick and sad. If we don't stop it, it's not going to stop. But did you have any more questions about children? Because when it comes to that, man, that's one of my pet peeves, man. I can't yeah. take that don't, one. Don't, don't, don't say which one, but do you have a favorite one? I don't have one. That's <laughs> the honest truth. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have gave the disclaimer first. The disclaimer is we got favorite ice cream. We got favorite outfits we like to see our wives. Oh, I favorite children. We got favorite food. <laughs> One of those children absolutely has to be the one that you say, I just vibe with this one a little bit more, and I, this is my favorite. I, 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 I can't say that. I won't say that. No. no I, I can't say that. <laughs> I say this. Look, I spend more time with my son. I spend more time with him because we really, we just, like you said, we vibe. We, we got a lot of things in common. But to say yeah. that I love one more than the other or, or is my favorite. No, 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 no. But to say that no, one is my favorite, I don't know, man, because I enjoy but, all. we got different things that we like to do. Like my son, he and I, you know, we we into certain things. We're into martial arts. we we into sci-fi and, and comic books and stuff together. We study Quran together. We study spirituality. He loves everything that I do spiritually, so I teach him those things. But then I have a, my middle daughter, you know, if I ever want to watch a horror movie, hey, that's the person I got to grab. Come on, Raymond, let's go, let's go watch this horror movie because that's what she likes. If I want to do something eclectic and go, like, to thrift shopping, that's Karima, you know. And if I ever just want to just have a funny, wild time, that's Khadija. <laughs> that's just yeah. the way I just I kind of vibe with each of them differently. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to say I wouldn't say that out because, you know, this, they can pull this up 20 years from there and throw it on me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Dad, you said this on the radio. No, I can't do that out. <laughs> indeed. 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 Yeah, that's what it is, man. Let me get started, man. Thank you, man. I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, Thank you. People, everybody that's listening, I want y'all to um, do some things. One is... Um, determine your blood type. I think that's very important just for the history. Um, me and my family did it uh, last week. Everybody else's test came, and we did it, and was happy to see, of course, for me, um, my children, my, my youngest children, um, son and daughter, they both have my blood type. They didn't carry mommy's blood type, so I was feeling really good about that. Um, but the point is, because I'm educating them about blood types so early and, and, and getting it in their mind now that it's about life force, which is the blood. Um, and, and now, since they already know their blood type, being able to later in life, um, being able to educate them about blood type compatibility as far as don't, donating or being a recipient, and how that plays into relationships. And once they already know themselves and, they, and you get them young and they know that this is not necessarily compatible per se, um, it's just something I think will add much more depth to their understanding 
Another thing is I think we should utilize um, something like Ancestry, um, ancestry Ancestry.com, something like that, where you can do a um, genetic test from all across the world to see where your um, DNA is coming from. And I say that's important because DNA has, as we know, volumes of volumes of information that you can literally un- unwind and go from here to the deepest planet you can even possibly think of. There's so much information. And it just might be information that, that you're carrying, and I know it is, that you're carrying from a different culture, per se, um, outside of the United States that can give you much more clarity um, about yourself and family. And I think it's very imperative that you establish your family's name. And you've been doing this by doing the family tree and everything, and I think we need to, I don't think I know, we, we need to get into the family press, your personal family's coat of arms. Like the example that the Sheikh gave, um, you know, if you, I know that, you know, any any boy come over here and I say, who your father? And he say, Milana Sheikh's my father. And I say, oh, wow, you come from the house of Muhammad. You know, so I automatically know. And this is what we have to build amongst ourselves because all we got is each other anyway because it's just us that listen to each other. It's just us that support each other. It's us that buy each other, you know, your health products. It's just us. So we gotta establish what us is, you know, as as you know, outside of being consumers and supporting one another, building the family dynamic with the name and the blood type and the ancestry on on record, because it's a new day and it's our day, and that's what we have to do to really start building. So look into those things. Uh, I think it's paramount. Um, I like to start with, um, let me quote a Jew. Jew Pukrum has a, it's a, it's a YouTube video out by Dr. Jew Pukrum, P-O-O-K-U-R-M. Um, the brother who put it together, name is Malik something, but it's called Vibrational Healing, and it's on part one. When she talks about how when she was a doctor, she traveled to Africa and she saw a young girl that was like 13 years old, maybe even a little younger, who was pregnant. And her colleagues, European, of course, are like, that's a shame what they're doing to this little girl. She's just a child. And Dr. Jewel is sitting there like, well, shit, I'm 30-something years old, and I ain't never had my own business. This little girl got her own business. And I done had three failed marriages already. And she was saying how the children were what we call potty train, able to use the toilet um, at six months old, but yet we're not teaching our children to two, three, four, whatever. And she's basically saying that since the human brain is capable of learning how to use the bathroom at six months old, the culture inside of the United States is retardation. We are retarding the children because the brain is capable of doing this. And obviously when she looked at the comparison, even being a 13-year-old young woman, she's saying that she's a woman. She ain't a child. 
clearly she can have she can have babies. So as we point out, the Prime Minister and the Sheikh pointed out with the society that we live in, um, and I have to take the approach of admitting that um, I understand, I'm going to talk about conscious cycles, and I want to talk about how I am under the influence of uh, today's society, and I can admit that. I have no problem doing that because, damn it, I don't care if my daughter 13 and she can have babies. I'm just going to feel some type of way if, uh, anybody that's probably above 18 want to have a serious relationship with her. It, it's natural, and that, and I really do believe that is from my, is from the cultural programming of society and where I'm at. Now I can admit that. So let's talk about conscious cycles. Um, both the prime minister and the sheikh mentioned bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. The bar mitzvah is for boys who are about 13 when they turn 13 years of age, and the bat mitzvah for girls are at 12 years. Oh, and that's interesting because the girls get there a year faster, which makes sense because uh, it's a, kind of a well-known, established fact that girls mature faster than boys. Um, but when you look at this, I did a show, I took it down, but I, it's a show I talked about conscious cycles, where each conscious cycle consists of seven years of peace, okay? So imagine your seven chakras. This is very important, and we're going to start at the bottom, the base. Seven years per chakra, seven times seven is 49. Then that becomes 49 to 50 becomes your rebirth year, and that's your great jubilee. You have to spend seven years in each chakra to develop it fully. Very important. Now, um, within this conscious cycle, let's say, remember, a conscious cycle is seven years. So your first conscious cycle was the sun. All right, we're going to deal with planetary cycles now. Your first conscious cycle is the sun. Your second one is the moon. Your third one is Mars. I'm not going to go beyond that because we're not going to even really get into the third conscious cycle. So you've got seven years in the conscious cycle. Now, in, within the seven years, you have different yearly cycles within a conscious cycle. So let's look at it. The sun conscious cycle is from age zero to seven, Okay. Now, from zero to one, you're in your sun, you're in the personal sun year. Let's just call it a personal year. A personal sun year within the conscious cycle of the sun. Then when you're from one years old going on two, you're in your moon year within the conscious cycle of the sun. Two to three, Mars within the conscious cycle of the sun. Three to four, Mercury. Four to five, Jupiter. Five to six, Venus. Six to seven, Saturn. At seven years old, you complete your first conscious cycle. You move on to your next conscious cycle, which is the moon conscious cycle, which obviously, if you start at seven, you end it at 14. <clears throat> now, this is interesting because this, and I'm going to show this, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to show this in the Jewish Ransom on Black Power. We think, this, we think it's a game. I'm going to tell you something. The Jews, what we call Jews, are up on some of the, when I say coldest, it just simply means, I'm going to put it in slang, dope, that some of the flyest spirituality from Africa you've ever seen. I'm telling you, these cats is on it. I mean, on it. So when you look at the um, bot mitzvah for a girl when she turns 12, well, from age 12 to 13, it's called the Venus 
that's the Venus year within the moon conscious cycle. And the Venus year is said this is when you renew your romances, your, your romance at this age, because Venus rules relationships. So this is when she becomes responsible, and Venus is known as the, a planet as a goddess. It's a feminine energy. So this is when she becomes responsible for her own actions within a Venus conscious cycle. But the boy at the bar mitzvah, he's at 13. So when he's 13 going on 14, he's on the last year within the conscious cycle of the moon, which means he's at Saturn, which makes sense because Saturn in the chart is depicted as father time, right, a father, a masculine energy, and it's about responsibility. So both of their conscious cycles in the Jewish community are astrologically, from the cosmic standpoint, on point, literally. Now, this is something that I noticed the United States does things like you're an adult at 18 where clearly um, you've been through puberty already and you've shown signs of adulthood much differently uh, much earlier. Or you're, then, then they hit you again and say, well, when you're 21, you're really official. And look at that, because 21 is divisible by 7, which means that's your third conscious cycle. 3 times 7 is 21. So 21, obviously, you had a Saturn cycle again where you're supposed to show responsibility. But the thing here is they're prepping you in the Jewish system. They're prepping you at the end of a moon cycle very early before you embark upon your next conscious cycle because your next conscious cycle is a Mars conscious cycle for the next seven years of your life, 14 to 21 is when you have some of your most challenging times. You go through that teenage year and you have to become a grown man at 18 and again finally at 21. you probably going to get into some of your best trouble and have some of the best times of your life within 14 to 21. And that is considered a very difficult conscious cycle because it's Mars involved. It's your third round of seven. All right. Now, one thing that I noticed on the chakra diagram that I haven't really sh- I think I may have shared with the prime minister before is if you look at these chakras and um, um, you look at it and you understand planetary motion, uh, a lot of people get a solar plexus, third chakra, the sun, because the solar is yellow and everything. I personally don't make that definition. I give the base chakra the sun and I give Mars and number three. And the reason why is because I look at the chakras of development just like I look at the cosmic conscious cycles of development, and the sun is very important. And it's actually the first thing that shows you um, um, dominance in this reality. And what I mean by that is, like I explained to people in the Miracle Prayer class, when you look at um, right now, the sun is in Aquarius. But where's the earth? The earth is always opposite opposite the sun, so the earth is in Leo. Okay, fine. But when the sun is in Aquarius, it's cold, right? Now, vice versa, six months from now, the earth is going to be in Aquarius and the sun is going to be in Leo. And when the sun is in Leo, it's hot like all outdoors. It's just, it's just hot. So, But when the earth is in Leo, like right now, it's not hot. And then when the earth, when the earth is actually in Aquarius where it's cold and the sun is in Leo, it's actually hot. So for some reason, the starlight energy of these pockets uh, don't express their energy the same when the earth is there. The energy is obviously based off the sun, and we know that, and this is why Ra, Ray, or Tomb Ray are 
dealing with Horus or dealing with any deity dealing with the sun was vitally important to understanding consciousness and life force, period. So since that's number one, that I put it here in the system that I work with, which is interesting because that actually translates to me daddy. Now, I was just having this conversation with my wife the other day. I said, I remember, I'm joking with her, I said, I remember a conversation between me and you, and I'm at work, you know, all the time, and children were home with you, and you would say, that's trifling. That She used her, that's trifling that they will call daddy's name first, and I'm the one that's here all day, right? <laughs> and it's like, it's because, you know, I got I got that daddy touch anyway, you know, so, you know, and I'm messing with her. But I noticed for me, because my children, you know, any of my, all my children, all my children, I let them sleep with me. I didn't play that separate stuff, you know, um, to a certain age. So anyway, that first conscious cycle being father, and then you move up to that second conscious cycle, which is the woman, when you move the father out of the home or when he's just not there by his own choice, and and that phenomenon, however we got there, that phenomenon is a real phenomenon, um, that creates an issue obviously, with security and feeling safe and things like that with the base chakra. But it also makes mommy, daddy, and that also allows children to grow up in a double feminine cycle, whereas it was supposed to be a daddy, then mommy thing, and then you go off and think, you know, go off into, go off into the world type of thing. Um, so just to give you a little something to think about on that. Um, See, we're understanding the conscious cycles again. That's saying, like, okay, well, your children are obviously grown, um, and I agree with the shape, too, that that age is perfect to do the rites of passage for young people because obviously it's happening in what we will call a Jewish community, and it makes perfect sense, and they're handling big business, ladies and gentlemen. They're taking care of business at these places, and these children already know at that particular point they're stepping in to community to take care of business because they're not getting married at the bar mitzvah and bar mitzvah. They're stepping into the role to take care of business. And it's just not financial business either that I'm talking about. I'm just talking about business all across the board here. Um, in order for me to adjust my psychology to the whole situation, we have to build our own community. And that's why I started off first with um, blood typing, and then ancestry from a global standpoint. And I like how Brother Polite goes in there all the time. Like He's like, man, i got an ancestry test, and I'm from uh, what country? You can tell, Nigeria. And you can tell he looked Nigerian, but ain't none of his folks ever been. He ain't no Nigerian in his family, but you can see the markers. So I'm saying that to say because I understand the the – the vast wisdom of the of the of the human soul from lifetime to lifetime will carry you on memories um, from previous incarnations. So will the DNA as well carry information, and it would just be very uh, it just be vital for us to know that. And then we know the blood that we're dealing with and what we can do. And then even with the cosmic principles, you can literally give birth to gods and goddesses because you understand that personality types are pretty much determined by um, celestial, celestial placements in the sky 
will produce a psychology of a person, have an influence on them. So therefore, if you know what psychology you want to carry out a particular function, you can consciously give birth um, to that child to help facilitate that particular function. Okay, um, this is the type of stuff that we have to not stuff, but type type of science we have to incorporate um, when we really get down to the business of mating. All right. Uh, what else I wanted to cover, real fast. Um, I think that's really it. I didn't really have too much. I didn't have too much at all. I just wanted to keep it real simple. I know I'm going to end up saying, damn, I meant, I meant to say something. That always happens. But, that was excellent. Know, anybody, you know, well, thank you. Thank you. That was I to keep it really, really, really short. Um, you know, and I will say this. I think the proper age, um, I think that when children ask you questions, like my son, um, he's seven. Man, this cat came in here one day. And he was in, I'm in my room, and you know my office man. He said, "Daddy, what, what's what's this? You know." He said, "What do you say?" He said, "He said, I think he said <laughs> he he mentioned he he thought he had an issue going on um, downstairs in the you know in, in in the downstairs department." You know, because he he realized that he 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 looked at the flesh inside of of, of the hole, and you know he was freaked him out a little bit, and you know he you know it was pink, so um, I had to explain that to him, and so for him to understand, I I had to drop him, and I had to drop my eyes and show him like hey, I got the same thing, bro, you know, so I think that things we talk about in the household. Um, when children are old enough, I think when when a child asks, I think they're old enough for the answer. In my in my honest opinion, I don't like the um, I, that what I would call the retardation process. A child asks you a question. Um, I never forget uh, when my daughter was about she's six now. When she was like four, I wasn't home. Um, she asked. She asked my wife, she said, do you like my dad or do you love my dad at four? So, you know, she ain't, she had a client over at the house, and she's like, girl, get out of my face. And I said, well, what did you tell her? She said, I just laughed. Like, girl, get out of here. What are you talking about? And I said, no, you should, you should have answered her because she's obviously pondering, do you like me or do you love me? You know what I mean? So I think that um, when children ask any question, I think we should be, um, that's the fun part. I think we should be honest and, and educate them as soon as they ask about it and don't play the, you know, uh, stay in the child's place thing. That's, I, I understand that concept, you know, um, but, you know, when it comes to education, I think that we've got to be on point. That's my whole point. You got to be on point when they ask. They they want they old enough to know when they ask and whatnot. And you know you got to watch them watch them closely because even with my my daughter is a Libra, and relationships is her thing. Like anything lovey dovey, and 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 she's like she watches that stuff on TV. She sees it. She hugs on me. I, I hug on her all the time. 
I, and I already know what Libra frequency is. It's built off of partnerships. Right? It has to thrive that way. Um, it's just important that you know we show them the correct way inside of that. So with that, if anybody got any questions, you can you can press one. Today's a short show. Um, you know, I hope I know we covered covered a lot of things, but we got to change. We got to change, and we 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 doing it, yo. I'm I'm telling you, y'all gonna look up at, at the end of 2014. Each year we make we make significant progress. Um, Creator has blessed us to be able to do such. May continue to bless us. Um, in the 2014, we have something that is going to be phenomenal that deals with um, um, just integrating the things that we do and making it to be more of a way of life. Um, I like trying to open up the doors for people where they can make that transition from doing the things that they may not necessarily like doing to or whatever they're doing, just opening doors so they can make the transition to doing the things that they love to do and do that as a way of life. That is very important. And what we have to offer in the end of this year will be an opportunity for you all to be a part of living it as a way of life. All right? So stay stay with us. All right? Because we definitely got some powerful stuff. So I'm going to go to the line. If anybody have any questions, you can press one. Uh, yeah, excuse me, I have to load up the computer here. Where are we at? All right, we'll go to the ATL 404-951. How you, how you, how you, how you, how you the brothers doing, man? Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, man, I, 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 I give y'all much love, man, for uh, even this platform. And as you all was, was talking, you know, I always say the brothers, you know, women I always talk with women, but brothers was... They never talked to brothers back in the day. If they did, they I'd talk to you about the hustle game and all that. But just the brothers mm-hmm. even be able to come to the table, you know, even talk about the stuff you're talking about and sharing this information and really experiencing the wisdom, you know, the insight and stuff that mm-hmm. you're talking about. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 and I'm glad that brother stayed on because he was going to get off when I had a question when he said he's going to stay on. I was like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Now, mm-hmm. and to the brother that was going to... I didn't catch your name because I came in. And I, I guess that's the announcer's name, um, and all. But you mentioned something about it's real important, you know. The daughters watching how the dad treat the mom, you know. And my question is, what's your take on, you know, is the daughter how much the impact that it have, and, and uh, the importance it have when the daughter watching how. The mom treats the dad when the dad is, you know, being respectful and appropriate and trying to maintain his appropriateness and trying to see her. And the mom keeping, you know, the drama he's going through with trying to be in the daughter's life and he being there, going to school and everything, but the stuff he go through with with the mom to even to stay, to be with the daughter, like to where you just got to focus on the daughter and not really to minimize the dealing with the mom because you're trying to keep that, that positive thing there. And the mom, you know, the disrespect for me, but the dad still having to focus on my daughter because I got to be here. Because I want to I wanna be the one telling her about that guy and the way. Right. And she asked me, how do I know? Because I was that guy. You know, like that guy, he, he got an agenda. He, 
you know, yeah, he gonna say he loves you. You gonna believe it. You gonna feel it. He gonna treat you like that. But he, he just right. wanted, he just wanted to touch you. And how I know because I was that guy. I don't have no agenda. He got an agenda. So I'd like to know what what the brother take is on that the impact that, and I do it. I would have. I guess the question of how would it affect the daughter? How she choose a guy and how I got treat her with her watching how the mom is dealing with the dad. Well, first of all, my name is Muhammad, brother. You can call me Muhammad, my brother Muhammad. That's Muhammad, okay. Uh, and uh, I appreciate you. What's your name, brother? J.R. J.R., I, I appreciate your yes, question, sir. brother. Um, this is the way I see it, brother. Just like I, I mentioned that the daughter is watching how you treat the mother, and she's learning how men are supposed to treat her. When she watches the treatment of the mother to the father, she's learning how to treat a man. She's learning how it's done. Now, if the mother is doing it incorrectly, she's picking that up. But she's also picking up how tolerant the daddy is, how tolerant he can be, how much he's going to take. So she's learning how how much she can really... I hate to say it this way, but she's learning really how much she can put a man through. She's learning hmm. what she can really put him through and how much he'll take before he won't be there with her no more. She's learning that. And so she's like, okay, i got to try him this way. And it's all subconscious. It's not may not be ready outright, but she's learning, okay, I can, t- I can test him like this, and I'm going to test him like that, and I'm going to test him like this, and because she's seeing what mom is doing. But then again, she's building inside, and I'm, I'm sorry to have to be to say this, but she's building resentment for mom on the inside. But treating the man that she really loves, her first love is her father. She's really treating, learning to resent her mother for that. And so it may have an adverse effect, and she may say, you know what, I don't want to be nothing like her. And she may go in the total opposite direction, but it would be a conscious effort. And she only can maintain that for a certain period of time. And this is based on my own experience in watching people in general, is that when a person goes against the grain of the way they were raised and they, and they function a different way, it takes a conscious effort to do that perpetually. And when they, and when they can't fight that fight anymore, nine times out of ten, I'll say seven times out of, out of ten, they go back to the behavior that they learned as a child. So hopefully and prayerfully that your daughter's watching and she's saying, my father's a good man, and if mom is not treating you properly, I'm just um, assessing that from what, what I'm, the way I'm understanding the, the, the statement that you made. The daughter is saying, that's my dad and I love him. I don't want him treated that way. And uh, she, she's what I'm sensing is she's building resentment for mom. Mom really got to check that because mom is, is hurting the relationship between her and her daughter by the way she's treating the father. You know, it's funny you said that because she's five now, and uh, I was, she was three years old when I got paralyzed and, and mm-hmm. paralyzed from the neck down, but now I'm back up walking and everything. And she said, oh, Daddy, man. Daddy walking. You said, Daddy, beautiful. Daddy walking. Huh? That's beautiful, man. Yes, sir. I fell out from the neck down. I messed up C3 through 6 on one side and C3 through 7 on the other side from the neck down. When I was in the basement gone on two days before they found me, you know. Wow. And uh, 
And then now they see, see that me, I just research out the drive, and I'm walking. And I say, Daddy, I'm happy. You know, I want you to start walking, stuff like that. But when she was, when I got out of the hospital, my, she was, you know, content to go, going through stuff, but I still, you know, fighting to go see my daughter. And, and went on and took it to court and everything. And my daughter, one day uh, I called, talked to my daughter, and she was cursing. Then she handed my daughter's mm. phone, and my daughter said, Mama, stop being mean. That was mm. what she said to my, well, she said that her, it was, she was three or four years old. So I knew then that she's watching and paying attention, so I try to make sure I nurture her through this and everything. When I go to school, let no daddy love you, and yada, 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 you know. And right. And I call, and I'm still there, and I'm going, actually going to pick her up this weekend, you know, do a little Valentine. But, you know, we got, we, got, we got a good relationship, but at the same time, I can kind of see that. But I want to make mm-hmm. sure she ain't going to provoke me to be and do a certain thing. I know you're trying to provoke me, but you so caught up in your anger, you ain't really watching and really seeing in the depth of 15 years from now what's really going on. I'm looking at 15, 20 years from now what's really going on and how I want it to possibly turn out. Because I got a 26-year-old, and she said, and I told her, I said, baby, um, you know, I was telling her about, you know, you got to stay, stay on top of your, 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 your business, handling your business. And when she was in uh, elementary school, I was already talking to her about middle school because I watched how she was developing what these boys are doing now. So I was talking to her already, the high school and college to where she said something the other day, and I told her when she was younger, don't you want a man that's about to handle his business? She said, yeah, I thought a man want a woman that's handling her business too. I said, if you ain't handling your business, you better take what you get. You ain't going to really have a choice. If you do have a choice and you choose after a while, he's going to leave you alone because you ain't on top of your business. You got to handle your business too. You know, and now she knows she's engaged, but I've been talking with her. And she's looking to get a apartment, and I said, well, you and DeAndre will get a apartment together. She said, no, I'm going to get it myself because I don't want them to think that, you know, I got a this and that and that, and it made me feel good that it's stuck. Right, well, you right, know. Right, that's, that's good stuff right there. That's good stuff right there. Yes, i tell sir. you a story. My daughter, my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, she went out with a, with a friend of hers, a, a boyfriend. I, I hate to use that word, but that's what I guess it, what it was. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he said, Daddy, um, you got any money on you? Uh, I said, I thought he was taking you out. She said, he is, but just in case it out funny, I want to be sure I got money on me because I, I don't want to be sitting there and, and he can't pay the bill. I said, well, let me tell you something. If he, if he can't pay the bill and you have to pay the bill, you make sure the last time you go out with that boy. Now, I'm going to give you my credit card, and you put it in your wallet. And in case it comes up and you have to pay the bill, you pay yours, and you call me, and I'll be to pick you up. Now, not that I'm saying that if a man don't have the money to take your daughter out, he's not a good person. But you should know that if you're going to take a young lady out to, to a meal, and that's your responsibility to cover that tab, unless you have already discussed that this is going to be a Dutch situation. But when you ask a young lady for something, see, your, your daughter has depended, has learned to depend on you and, and to get a result that she's going to be cared for. Now, she don't want to take no chances on somebody that's showing doubt. Obviously, she saw doubt in that young man, just like my daughter did. And, of course, uh, I don't think they went out too many more times after that. 
um, even though he did cover the bill, she just it's just a doubt. When, when, when a woman yeah. doubts, there's something in them that makes them want to pull away. Well, brother, I'm really blessed uh, uh, to hear your story and to really talk to you, man. I really appreciate that. Yes, sir. Can I make this last statement and, and I get out yes, your way? Uh, on that note, too, my daughter, when my older daughter, when she, when, we was, when she was growing up, and as she got older, you know, I I, I realized even at, I think, 19 something, she would get, get get with me and we'd go to the store and stuff. She'd go to the grocery store and get stuff. She'd just put it up there. I messed with her one day. I said, you put it like I'm going to pay for it. I said, ain't no money with you. No. I said, why not? Because I'm with you. And I, and I realized that what we always did. I had to catch that, you know. That's right, man. That's right, man. It costs but it feels good, don't it, brother? It feels good. Man, it feels good. Let me tell you this one little thing, though. Because she did have this one boyfriend, you know, and I told her, like, what you said, I need to meet him. You know, and I want to meet him, and I want to talk with him first, and then I want to talk with you by yourself, then I want to talk with y'all together. It took a minute for her to get with me, and I, I talked with him on the phone, but then I, he came out my house one day, but just what happened, I was getting ready to go, but I was coming out with my filter to put it in the car, and he seen that. <laughs> but I just went on to put it in the car anyway, and I was talking with him. I said, man, you know, I, I met him with a lot. Because she already told me how old he was, and he told me how old he was. I said, man, you, you, I said, nigga, you lying. Cause she already told me the truth how old you were. I said, you sound like you get high. I, I used to. I, yeah, you still get high. And I told her, I gave my daughter five to hang up on this nigga. She just hung the phone up. She has a call him back right quick. You know what I mean? So it went through my head when I met him. I said, man, I'm going to tell you like this. I said, I don't know what your gender is and what you want my daughter with. I just wanted this and that and that. I, I said, let me tell you something, man. I ain't being funny. I ain't threatening you. I said, I'm, I'm going to treat you the way you treat my daughter, and, and pretty much a lot worse. I'm going to be honest with you. If you, if you met my daughter, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to fuck you up and just tell you straight up. And I ain't mean to. I started crying, and I said, I holler at you, and I just left. You know, I ain't mean to yeah. cry and get that, but it was just, it was just it, it was it is. Yeah. Man, and I so appreciate y'all so listening, daughter, man. man. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. We appreciate you listening. All right. Yeah, much love, man. Too, man. Much love, man. All right. Peace and blessings. Love and light, huh? Yes, sir. Peace, brother. All right, man. That's about it right there. Somebody had to hand That was strong. Yeah, man. It was super strong, man. He was, that was super strong. It made me reflect on something that dawned on me that I had one of the most. That that that, that connection, man, uh, with the children, Um. You know, me and my daughter went to that Disney on Ice thing last week. Um, okay. Of that. And, and um, of course, she enjoyed it, and, you know, I loved it as well. When we come back home, um, when it was time to eat, I really wasn't hungry. And, and I'm not sitting at the table. Um, it's funny, I didn't go to the table. I was in the kitchen, but I wasn't eating. So they started eating. And my daughter's like, my wife prayed, and my daughter was like, wait a minute, wait for daddy. And then she's like, he ain't eating. And then, and then I had came to this because I was going to sit at the table anyway. I was like, yeah, wait for me, right? So anyway, um, uh, so my daughter didn't eat. Now, me being, you know, greedy, I eventually sat there long enough. I'm like, man, let me go ahead and just eat. So as I started to eat, one minute later, she started eating. And I, said, and I ain't say nothing, and I, and I looked. I said, okay, 
what happened was we was around each other all day. We didn't bond it so tight on the chemical level that as soon as I started eating, it triggered her digestive system to say, come on, let's go ahead and eat. Because she was like, I'm not hungry, and she wasn't eating nothing. As soon as I started eating, she went ahead and just started digging in. You know, so those things, man, those little key moments like that um, and seeing seeing the joy on their face um, is really priceless. Even, like, one time I dropped her off at school and I go upstairs and take my son upstairs and then I come back down, I double back around and make sure she go in her class and I got to go out that way anyway, you know, it's cool. But I happened to come down one time and a little boy was playing with her book bag, like moving it away from her. And I said, you messing with my daughter, man? He said, no. I said, yes, man. I said, man, don't be messing with my daughter. You hear me, man? That's my daughter, man. Don't mess with my daughter. Man, she had the biggest smile on her face. Baby. I mean, it was just lit up, you know. So those interactions with our children, y'all, go, it goes a long way. And it's just priceless, you know what I'm saying, to be to be active, man. You know, I'm happy to be active. And, and, and still in line for Minister Jew, man, if you really want to get into the children's psychology, um, the prime minister offers some phenomenal information about your children. Your children can be six months old. He's going to tell you, uh, look out for this when they turn 18 years old. He's just one of them kind of guy. I'm like, dude, they're six months old. What are you talking about? Look out for this when they turn 18. You know, now I got to give it to him. You know, that's him. But he offers a, a very in-depth analysis on the psychology of your child based off the time. Uh, when a child was born, all you even got to do is just go to myastrologycoach.com, click on consultation, and get that. You, I can't stress that enough. Uh, he's gave me many jewels about my own children and whatnot, so it's important that we incorporate them into the cosmic phenomena of what we do. And of course, visit the website, hit the events tab. Um, a lot of stuff going on, man. and um, that that's it for me. So, Milana Shake, you can give us and let Minister Drew close us out. You got anything? Uh, uh, no. Um. I really don't have anything coming up right now. My next class, uh, public class, would be a large class for my personal students. I won't be uh, speaking publicly this month. Uh, next month we have something coming up. And uh, we'll have a, another class before that date, so I'll, I'll announce that at the time. Um, anybody interested in the Tree of Life, uh, from the comedic perspective, what we call the Paolo Rule, you're more than welcome to join the class. Just friend me on Facebook and drop me an inbox. Tell me you want to join the class. I'll add you in. Um, we are entering now on um, Tavach. We're just dealing with Tavach this week, and hopefully we'll finish that up this week and move on to Hetiru um, next week. And um, the class is just growing. It's a beautiful class. You learn how to operate within the tree of life from a comedic perspective. Learn a little history learn a little spirituality. It gives you a good base to start from. And then um, hopefully if you want to go on to future classes, you'll you'll be willing to uh, come on to the website and just join us there uh, in spring. So really that's all I have right now, brothers. I really appreciate the conversation tonight. You inspired me to, to stay on. And, uh, man, the conversation about our children is just so magnificent. And it's just, a, it's just endless. We could go on and on and on. There's so many things I can tell you maybe one night. We could do another show, something similar to this, just dealing with the children because how we respond, Ample, what you were saying about the, uh, the bat mitzvah and the bar mitzvah, that's, that's something that we, in our own community, we have to establish. We have yeah, to absolutely. establish. We do it in the academy, but we have to do it because we're, giving, we're, we're sending our children out into the world 
at a disadvantage because they're not prepared mm-hmm. to deal with this world. They have to be prepared. At 12, 13 years old, they have to know how to master their sexual urges. There's no way a man should be governing a company, governing a family, governing a country that can't control his own sexual urges, uh, at least more so when governing a spiritual community. So it's something that we have to really control and look into. And I really appreciate the conversation tonight. It was, it was beautiful. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate yeah, it. Like, yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Prime Minister? You still here? Let me see if you're still here. I got to go to the studio, man. I don't know what. Oh, yeah. Hey, Minister Ju, you here? Maybe on mute, man. I see his line open. We've been having phone problems today. And um, oh. if you if you there, Ju, just you can you can butt in. I'm going to do a piece, y'all, on, um, on the dynamics of relationships based off of Hebrew nouns. <laughs> Masculine and feminine nouns you can set up your whole nationhood based off of understanding what that is. And to give you a little insight for an example, um, the woman, love is, is a female noun, but heart is actually a masculine noun, okay, type of thing. So there's a divine interplay that takes place in how one can actually set up family, the name, the land, whose who name should the land actually be in, and then actually the, the, then, then the nation aspect. A nation and land is two totally different things. A nation is like a collective that, that represents the land. These are two totally different things, and they fall into either a mommy principle or a daddy principle. And I'm putting that together, um, so y'all be on the lookout for that. And uh, I know the prime minister, like I said, his phone must be messed up. But anyway, check him out at the Neptune, I mean, at the Neptune, the Neuron Network, uh, where he has his online interactive game to increase your brain, man. It's phenomenal. Uh, you stay by the email list. If you're not on the email list, just simply go to myastrologycoach.com, scroll down to the bottom, join the mailing list, because he may be doing some free interactive um, games with you all this weekend where you get on there and test it out for free. You get a sample of it, see how you like it and whatnot. So it's a phenomenal program. I'm going to try to get him to do a topic that I've been wanting to do for a minute. Shake, I know you're ready for this one. Is God a gangster? Whoa. <laughs> God a gangster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God don't be playing. And I think people come <laughs> from the perspective that God is this big old fluffy, nice guy, and this person don't necessarily play like that. And if you call upon God in the times of Sodom and Gomorrah, the times of evil, you can and you will get a response and that response is that of war. Is God a gangster? What you think about that, Shay? Man, that's that's powerful, man. I can't wait to hear that. I can't wait to hear yeah. how you're going to approach yeah. that. Oh, man, I got it, man. I'm going to see what the prime minister say, and maybe next week, well, two weeks from now, we can do it, man. So with that, have a good night, yeah. brother. And uh, we see you all, all later. Peace, family.